Men, History, 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me, as always, my brother from across the pond, Mr. Jamaleus. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good. It's, 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 always, it's always great to be here. Yeah, yeah, especially when we're talking about Konami, and the kids are like, what? What's Konami? Are you talking about the gyms? No, I'm talking about a very, very popular, but also somewhat short-lived video game developer and publisher that had some uh, notoriety in video games, uh, predominantly through the 80s and 90s, uh, but they also trickled a little into the 2000s, and well, well into the 2000s, honestly. Uh, they were relevant, actually, strongly. I'm, I'm really disregarding. Metal Gear Solid and even Castlevania. <laughs> we forgot uh, that franchise. So yes, they but they were huge in the 80s and 90s. They were kind of everywhere. Um, and uh, and they also had some time in the 70s. Uh, but in recent years, they have uh, gone into obscurity. Um, but yeah. But- However, um, they have decided to release uh, their greatest hits, shall we say, uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Konami's always been good at re-releasing their stuff. I got to give Konami credit. Uh, them and Capcom tend to re-release their stuff like before it's gauche. You know what I mean? Like there were Gradius collections and Salamander collections and Twin Bee collections and all that kind of stuff on the PlayStation One. You know what I mean? Uh, Konami had the Antiquities MSX collection on the PlayStation One and Saturn, um, and. Uh, I was looking through, and the, this Konami archive or arcade collection uh, was available on like Game Boy Advance and stuff like it that. It was, so, yeah, yeah. So they've always kind of embraced their past. They were very good at putting a lot of their stuff on um, Virtual Console and various other shops, like we talked about last week. Um, Symphony of the Night was made much more widely available after its PlayStation One Saturn debut than it was when it, again, originally came out. Um, so I'll give credit to Konami, but this new collection called the... Uh, oh, what is it called? Is it it's the, called the, the Konami... Is it the Arcade Classics collection? Uh, actually, it's I, not. I, the classic one was not. called that. Konami is called the Anniversary Collection Series. Oh, the Anniversary, series. yes. That's the yes, one. Yes, hitting yes. the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. And so uh, they have a hard April 18th worldwide release date on the Arcade Classics we'll be talking about here. And I am well aware that this is coming out a week after that's come out. So, yep, <laughs> yep that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, so some of you have already bought this collection for better or worse. And some of you read reviews that will say stuff we're only pontificating about today for better or worse. Um, but for the rest of you, this is just to let you know. It's a digital only collection, so it won't sell out. Don't worry about it. It's going for 20 bucks. I think it's $16.99, pound. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's like 2,500 yen or something. But anyway, it's coming out. It's got eight games, which we'll be talking about today. Um, mm-hmm. All arcades classics. And then in the future, I presume these might be more popular, is the Contra and uh, Castlevania, Castlevania collections. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, nice. these are all just currently slated for Switch only. But mm-hmm. And they have a su- early summer 
2019 release date on all of them other than this one. Um, I think we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm expecting maybe like a June and July release or something like that. We shall see. Or maybe even a May-June release on these. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. And we do know about some of the Konami, or sorry, the Contra and uh, Castlevania collections, but I don't think we'll talk about them here because I'd rather know the lineup. And I, I dare say they're going to at least be smart enough to announce the lineup before the games come out. So, mm. so this is kind of a three-parter. Uh, this will be part one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be talking about that. We'll give some context to Konami and where they were at this time because this is their uh, somewhat of their early years, but not really. It starts off in their early years, but this spans a, a weird span and a weird selection of games, in my opinion, um, which oh, I yeah. we'll discuss as we go. <laughs> but right, uh, looking at this list, you even mentioned this uh, pre-show. Uh, it's kind of odd w- why they picked what they picked in my opinion um you an anniversary collection <laughs> and there's one of these things is not like the <laughs> other <laughs> so we'll talk about that and why that may happen uh, or have happened um and we'll talk about what games they they avoided uh or, or rather chose not to put in this collection i don't know if i would say they were avoiding them um and then for the back half of the show i think we're gonna have some extra time maybe we won't but if we do uh, we're gonna talk about some retro stuff that i've been playing and hopefully jam has a couple of his own um, to kind of fill time. Uh, but not only that, because we rarely get an opportunity to talk about, you know, the old games we've been playing. I know I, I mentioned some stuff here and there with Trees, but he doesn't talk too much about it. We wax nostalgic, but I don't think he wants to know about my newest uh, retro endeavors. So uh, that's what you're here for. That's why I'm, yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm hard. <laughs> um, the other good thing is I'm looking forward to playing a lot of these uh, collections. I will be probably picking these up unless they're terrible um, with the new uh, mm. Sega um, M30, uh, the 8-bit Doe M30 controller I got for the oh, yeah. uh, the Switch. Nice. So, yeah, very I nice. think that having just a D-pad and the traditional six-button setup is very ideal for arcade yeah. and retro games, but... Um, so yeah, uh, so to kick it off, one thing I did want to mention is we don't know the developer of these games. They have not announced them. That's a good them. point. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. good point. We know who it's not. We know it's not M2. Um, <laughs> we know it's not Hamster. Uh, well, I don't know if we know for sure that it's not Hamster. Hamster's done okay with the arcade uh, archives collection on the Switch and PS4 and PC. Um, but they do tend to be feature light, which... I don't know. You tell me. Do you think these games need a lot of features outside of just the arcade ROM? Well, it's it's almost like the bog standard these days, isn't it? To you yeah. know put a bit more care into it. That being that being said, um, you know from the, the the article that you sent me, it does say that this this um, collection is going to include um, like behind the scenes stuff, like ebook stuff or something. So it looks like they're yeah. doing a little bit. I, I, my my prediction is it will probably just be the ROM, probably. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, yeah. M2 usually does picture-perfect stuff, switches up some things, often includes all regions. There was a lot of regional differences to these games, um, so I'm curious to see. Not too much in the games themselves, but in their names and probably in their difficulties and things like that. Uh, mm. I'll be honest, I've played various iterations of these, and I don't remember the difference, but I never did a side-by-side kind of thing. I've never gone that organically deep. Um, nor do I even know if I want to. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, tall order. <laughs> but I will tell you that Frank Cifaldi and his group at Digital Eclipse uh, did speak to Konami about this, and for whatever reason, a deal was not made, so they will not be handling it, which makes me a little concerned or 
that this ebook thing will be a little scant. This will not be mm-hmm. the Street Fighter 30th anniversary collection or uh, Disney Afternoon Collection cavalcade like we've seen Digital Eclipse do. But who knows? Maybe. We might be surprised. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Also doing research for this show, I learned it's kind of hard to find many interviews with people about this era, the 80s arcade era. Um, This was a time where you didn't talk much. You didn't even give your real name in the credits uh, sometimes. And so getting interviews and stuff like that was hard. And they're claiming that interviews will be part of this. So maybe this will shed more light than we think. Um, no. I wonder if it just means interviews just like, I don't know, it's journalists or something that plays the games. <laughs> Possibly, yes. It's, it's curious to see. We'll have to wait and see. Also, the quality of emulation. Are we going to get the Capcom Brawler collection, which is kind of, mm, or are we yeah. going to get like a Hamster M2 situation? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I wouldn't say concerned yet. Also, Tate mode. Will you be able to go vertical on some of these vertical shooters? Doubtful, in my opinion. Uh, Mm -hmm. I doubt they'll do it, but I don't know. Jam, have you had much experience with Tate mode uh, going Uh, vertical on your Switch? A little bit, yep, yep. I mean, Um, I know you can do it. I've just not done it yet. Um, it's, it's, I don't, it's, yeah, it's fine. The, the recently released um, Sega Ages game, Game Ground, has it. And mm-hmm. I played it, I'd played that with it, but okay. it's fine. <laughs> it's just, it's really, fine. It's okay. Jam. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my take in it. It's I know some people, endorsement. <laughs> yeah. I know some people rave about Downwell, that little indie game, uh-huh. that cute little indie yeah. game, but I, you know, sure, I haven't played that one on the Switch. I've played it in, um, funny enough, I've played it in Tarte Mode on a PC, would you believe, <laughs> which is quite interesting. I have, yeah. I've got, yeah. My Dell monitor, which goes to um, vertical mode, Tate mode, whatever you want to say. Tate is literally Japanese for vertical (laughs) (laughs) or up and down or or I forget the literal translation. But anyway, um, yeah, I do it with my Dell monitor a lot. And I will say it adds a ton to pinball effects. Um, or Zen Pinball, yeah. depending on which version you're playing, uh, because you no longer have to jack with all the views. You just see the whole table all at once, and you play it like a pinball game. Uh, so that makes adi- sense. Yeah. Right, right. And additionally, lots of shooters are beneficial for it. Um, lots of MAME emulated shooters, great. A couple of stuff. like I don't think Donkey Kong is that big of a deal when it's stretched nah. out. There are some pixel-perfect... Pixel fanatics out there of which i am to a certain extent i don't like it stretched out to 16 by 9 but if you give me a good 4 by 3 with cropped sides or even a 1 by 1 i'm fine with that like as an aspect ratio that's fine um games like ikaruga and cave shooters and mushahishi sama and things like that i think those games benefit largely because of their crisp graphics from turning them vertical on steam and stuff like that um truth be told there's not there's nothing here i think that benefits greatly because some of the more impressive shooters on this collection are not vertical Mm. you know what i mean like uh Nothing more modern, nothing from 88, 89, even 87. The the newest shooter in this is Ajax slash Typhoon. And that's pretty basic graphics, in my opinion. I don't don't think you're going to worry that much about it (laughs) versus something like Ikaruga, right? Like Ikaruga looks gorgeous and you want every bit of real estate. And I think for many years, most of us have played that with a, with a very cropped screen where very little of the real estate is actually dedicated to the image. So uh, I think those are of value. So, but I digress. <laughs> um, are you eager for this? Like, do you want to see, especially with this collection, this collection, as we'll get to, uh, 
has a lot of influence. Not sure how fun it is to return to these. To be clear, I did return to these in the last uh, 48 hours. So they are fresh in my head. Yeah. Um, Jam, I gave you much less notice. You kind of knew what we were going to do, but you had much less notice to like scramble with these, no pun intended. And, um, <laughs> and so I don't know if you got a chance to play all of them, uh, but they're pretty quick plays unless you really want to dedicate to them. And if I don't have that kind of patience, I'm wondering how much patience the standard Switch gamers got, especially to the tune of 20 bucks. Um, well, I don't know. You know, those Switch fanboys, they do like saying, at least, well, I can play it on the Switch. You know, you can't. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Konami's banking on that one, too. So They, they might uh, not but play ha- it, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how about you? Are, are you automatically in? Do you want to wait and see what the emulation and reviews are like? I will be grabbing this um, day one and actually taking it with me to Disney. So I wouldn't expect nice. a write-up, but I will get to play it. And I'll probably be tweeting about it because... Um, we're mostly traveling all day Saturday the 20th. So I will have some time with it. Up and until that point, I probably will not have much time with it. So I don't I mean, I think I'm a, I, I do want to get it, to be honest, because I, I do like collections a lot. I And I like retro stuff, of course. That's why do we do this podcast. But um, yeah. I am somewhat sort of skeptical a little bit because it, we'll, we'll see. I, yeah, I do want to see just what it is. But, you know, even if it's not perfect i'll make if, it, if it's good i'll pick it up like the week it's released if it's not good i'll wait for sale that's probably where i'm gonna stick with it we'll go yeah i mean dare i say like because i've got an arcade cabinet which is very mm. different from a lot of people and yes it's this modern day monstrosity kids it's an arcade one-up converted with a raspberry pi in it so uh, everyone out there who's a big arcade enthusiast just shuddered but at the same time i didn't, <laughs> gut, a, I didn't gut a real arcade game and anybody who's ever owned, owned an arcade machine the fact that that thing's 60 pounds and i can pick it up and move it anywhere i want to is a godsend um and i'm willing to trade authenticity for that <laughs> so anyway uh but you know what I think we should just jump into Konami and these games. So uh, real quick to contextualize, and Jam, I'll give you an opportunity to chime in here as well. Um, So Konami, Konami has been around basically since the late 60s, 1969. Um, Didn't write down really who founded it or anything because it's important to note that they were kind of a conglomerate. Konami's always been in its hands in various markets, but it did start its, its world in mostly amusements. Uh, I think it was notably for rental of jukeboxes yeah, yeah. and other equipment in uh, Japan. Um, but it was pretty early into video games that they decided to start with an arcade department right off the bat. And in somewhat nefarious means, I might add, uh, with uh, 1979, uh, 78, sorry, 1978, their first game was a Space Invaders clone. Um <laughs> Which is yep. <laughs> kind of bad. But then again, lots of people did it. And uh, as we know, Japanese, uh, in Japan, there was a a lot of, uh, how do I say this? There was a lot of uh, stealing of ideas. Um, so that may be, you know, one way or the other. It's kind of par for the course. But uh, ugh, I couldn't get the, hold on, where's the first game? Sorry, I wanted to just write down uh, what that first game was called. I didn't think it was important, but now I do think it's important. Come on. Come on. There we go. Space King was mm-hmm. a Space Invaders clone. Um, and then they they did a, a couple other clones, mostly, and then random stuff with space in the title. And let's see. I'm seeing Space King, Space War, Astro Invader, things like that. 
Uh, Missile X has some popularity, but I think their big one was in 1981. They released a couple of games that really uh, got them on the map and that were somewhat unique. Um, the first one I saw was Frogger. Mm. So are you familiar with Frogger? Absolutely. Okay. So what do you think of Frogger? It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a simple idea. Yeah, it's, well, it still carries a lot of weight even today with the, you know, that, that damn um, iOS game. What's it called? Oh, I forgot what it's called now, that. Well, but, um, not Flappy Bird, uh, Hoppy. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll come to me. In fact, I might have. Crossy Road. That's it, Crossy, Crossy Road. Crossy Road, yes. Obviously, going backwards a bit. Um, the Endless Frogger. <laughs> the Endless Frogger, yeah. But it, it was it was just, this is what I liked about they, these games, arcade games back in the, the back in the 80s, is that is when they came up with these little gems that were different and they weren't a space shooter. <laughs> they weren't just copying space invaders. And you get this uh, kind of simple idea, you're a frog and you're just crossing the roads and the ponds. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So. so if you've never played it for any reason, if you've never played Frogger or Crossy Road, you start as a frog. You're, I think you're given three lives. And yeah, your goal lives. is there are slots. There are four slots across the way. Maybe it is four lives. But either way. Uh, and you have to cross a road with traffic. Traffic goes in various directions. I think there's four or five lanes and it's crisscrossy traffic. And there are different speeds and whatnot. There's semi-trucks and cars. Um, and then in the middle, you get a little bit of a break. And then there are lily pads uh, alligators and uh, logs that you cross a uh, stream in. Um, everybody knows that frogs can't swim, so if you fall in the water, you drown. Um, yeah, and then absolutely. if you get to the other side, you get points. And then the goal is to try to get all your frogs to the other side. The ones that don't make it don't carry excuse me, you into the next screen. And as I understand it, difficulty increases. It's just been so long since I've played Vanilla Frogger. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's really yeah. I think it's just they add more traffic, they add more crocodiles and the lake and all that. You know, it's uh, and I think it, go, it might go faster as well. That you know, makes the, sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Frogger was a big one, not on this collection. <laughs> no, yeah, which is weird. So. Not on this collection. Um, but what is on this collection? And I should point out. So we'll just do it as we go. But I, I don't want to bury the lead. There's only one action title on this collection, and it is terrible. <laughs> um, and then it's seven shooters. Now I have yeah. pathetically used the term shmup in the past. And for some reason I have grown tired of the term shmup, uh, while I love shmupalations and some of their, um, uh, and some of their, and shmup.com and some of their interviews, uh, I don't, I'm not huge on the term shoot em up. I'm even less keen on the term shmup. And I do like calling these shooters nowadays. I understand people are like, well, what about first person shooters? Well, they're called first person shooters. Um, so jam, you can call them whatever you want. I will not cringe if you say shmup, but, uh, I've grown accustomed to calling them shooters. So there are two types, vertical and horizontal vertical. It makes sense. You are typically at the bottom of the screen with enemies coming from the top, but that can change. And you're usually allowed free range to move wherever you want. When you play these games, they're often heavily cropped on modern day consoles because we went widescreen, yep. which takes up even less, uh, which takes up even more horizontal space. And these took up very little horizontal space then there are horizontal shooters which use a more traditional display and your ship traditionally moves from left to right but again those can be switched up as well um but that's important so that people know when we talk about these games um but yes we are talking about seven shooters today and one action game <laughs> one action game yeah first of these shooters is a horizontal shooter 
known as Scramble in Scramble. 1981. So Scramble, part of this collection. And many refer to it as the precursor to Gradius because of one of the very important things it did early on, which is um, it has a vertical element. Um, you will be shooting... Uh, straight ahead of you, a la Defender and various other arcade games that were also side-scroller of its ilk. But in addition, you get bombs that you can... There's a second fire button, and those go in a sort of like lob kind of fashion, like a slightly Mm. angled drop to the ground, which can damage things beneath you in otherwise untouchable enemies. So instead of having to dodge bullets, you can take out these enemies and that assists you. So Scramble's very much about looking what's beneath you as well as in front of you. So Mm. anything else you want to add about Scramble before we actually talk about the gameplay and and, and what we thought of it? Uh, We're just going to jump into that, but no, Scramble, yeah. Or yeah, why don't you just lead with it? Like, have you played Scramble? What do you think of Scramble? Yeah, no, I, I have played uh, a little bit of Scramble, um, much like, um, it's a bit like, you know, I think I think I played it through sort of emulation, MAME or something like that, one of the two, because sure. this, this has, has this been released on any collections before? I'm not too sure, actually, because a lot of them were for Japan only, I remember. Yeah, I'm not sure, I will check on but, that while you're... Yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, so what you're doing that is, um, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, this is a horizontal scrolling um, space, I'll, I'll call them space shooters, that's my term. <laughs> so sure, space sure, space shooters, um, I like it. But what what sort of scramble set this one apart from? So real of- quick, yeah, scramble was only available really mm. as um, on the Vectrex. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> actually, that, that might have been where I played it. Actually, so there you that, that go. Sounds, that um, sounds familiar. Actually, if it was on the Vectrex. There was a <laughs> pocket scramble, which was an LCD game. But other than that, yeah. it doesn't so look cool. like the original version of Scramble has been in much. Now, maybe other people know. Um, oh, here we go. It was uh, it was talked about in Gradius Advance. Mm-hmm. In that bonus DVD in Gradius 5, they introduce you to Scramble, which Konami has since come out and said, this is officially part of the uh, Gradius series. So technically, mm. this is Gradius 1. Um, there's an updated version in Arcade Advanced, uh, which... Uh, um, which allows you different ships if you put in the Konami code, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, it was re-released on Xbox Live Arcade on the uh, 360. Not backwards compat, as I understand it. September 13th, 2006. This is where I first played it. Scramble was on Game Room. I was on Game Room. <laughs> I yeah, was just, re-listening <laughs> to the early Gaming History 101s, Jim. Like, early, early. I'm right now on, like, episode five or six, yeah. where we do the top 100s and stuff like that. And I am, like, enamored and just in utter... Just... I'm in, both enamored and pissed off with Game Room time and time again every week when I do these episodes. <laughs> but for the short-lived, no longer live, as I understand it, Microsoft Game Room, it was available. Um, it is on the PS2 as part of the Orechi Geisan Zoko Sono series, which was there. This is a series of Konami games that were like 2,500 yen, kind of like the Sega Ages collection that did come out. Um, these are now super kind of expensive because mm-hmm. they're rare because not a lot of people bought them. They're, and they are just the arcade ROM just dumped on there. I think the emulation's okay, but yeah. Um, and then it, of course, is in the Konami Classic series on the DS. So yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's where Scramble was. But I don't know about you. 
I'm guessing most people, if they've played it here, probably grabbed the Xbox Live version or the <laughs> couple that, of suckers yeah, yeah. like me, the short-lived game room. <laughs> <That's good. Yeah. laughs> so, Scramble's very basic by today's standards. I would oh, say yeah. Gradius is very basic by today's standards, and this is much more basic. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, but... The, the, these, like I said, these, this was like a stepping stone to you. In fact, this was the stepping stone to Gradius, like you said earlier. You know, this was the um, the, the you know, developing something there. But I think what what Scramble did that was a little bit different that uh, Gradius never did was that had the fuel gauge. You know, you Sorry, could, oh the fuel yeah, gauge. So, Sorry, you cut out yeah, slightly so, on my end, and I know I'm the recording, so that's why I'm helping people. There is a fuel gauge, yes, mm, which you have to kind of keep topped up as you kind of scroll through the levels. Uh, I think yeah, and that's they what play those, with yeah. that, right? Like, I think that's the big thing with Scramble is it's more of an environmental hazards rather than a, oh, crap, the ship, right? And those are the parts that I actually like that Gradius and future shooters, many of which take the Gradius formula. So like Salamander, Life Force, and even, um, oh, what's the one? Thundercross uh, will be kind of the culmination of all this. Um you have to worry about the terrain. Scramble will sometimes squeeze you into the upper corners uh, with high, high cliffs and whatnot, uh, only to show you in the future that you're about to come to an opening where the ground is much lower, but there's a ton of enemies down there and maybe a fuel box is right there and you got to go try to collect it, especially if you're low on fuel. And so the terrain and the enemies on the ground are much more of a hazard to you rather than the, there's not too many enemies coming at you from the front. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I think that's the cool part of Scramble is all of the objectives, like you said, like fuel, terrain, and enemies below you uh, that make up a brunt of the challenge as opposed to the enemies you're trying to shoot, which I would say is counter to even a majority of Gradius. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's... um. I think it later later stage you kind of start off with like the hit list. There's it's just hills and stuff um, on mm -hmm. the first stage, but later on there's like those really narrow corridors you have to traverse. You know, you have to go through those really small nooks and crannies. I remember. Yeah, and and Gradius does that to a certain extent, but you mm. know who and and later series uh, later parts of the series really do like uh, Gradius Four and especially Treasure. You can tell Treasure really dug that about oh, yeah. their yeah. own games and then decided to integrate it more into Gradius. Uh, but Gradius doesn't have it near as much as salamander does life force which i'll just say it right now so I, it, it doesn't bear repeating uh salamander is hands down the arcade version hands down my favorite arcade game uh well no mm, <laughs> it was for a long time i've gone back and forth between final fights so i don't really have an absolute top favorite it's but salamander favorite joins feature. final fight and a couple others as my favorite arcade games favorite so. in the genre maybe <laughs> yes sure my favorite shooter hands down yes that's that's probably the safer way. Yeah, favorite brawler, favorite shooter. <laughs> hmm. so. I think I think Scramble had that on death. I think it had the Gradius thing, you know, where when you die, you didn't come back straight away. You yeah, I call it checkpointing. Checkpointing, yeah. yeah. So it had that, um, which I don't know. Never was a big fan of that, but <laughs> so. yeah, Konami loves checkpointing, and I think it's terrible. They they do change their role though. Um, to a certain extent. Uh, Salamander does away with it, which we'll talk about. I'm sorry that we're making so many comparisons to games <laughs> yeah, that we'll be later we'll discussing. It, yeah. And I like to consider, since Thundercross is probably one of the latest iterations of a horizontal is, shooter, uh, yeah. 
they did check. Uh, they did not do checkpointing. They did mm-hmm. instant uh, respawn, which yeah. to me, it means two things, right? One, the reason instant respawn is smarter is because you pump more quarters in, right? That's how Konami would work with their brawler series that happens in the late 80s and early 90s. Their licensed brawlers like Simpsons, Ninja Turtles, things like that. Recently beat through Ninja Turtles with my daughter, by the way. Um, and... Uh, and they realize, oh, people will pump more quarters in if we just make it harder and let them checkpoint, right? <laughs> or, or not checkpoint, let them just respawn. Uh, checkpointing, it's easier to walk away from, right? Because yeah. you die a couple of times. Even if you put in one or two more quarters, you're like, I'm just not going to beat this and I'm not going to pay for this privilege to keep going back. Because um, that's kind of just like trying to get you to do the perfect run and pay for that privilege. So yeah, that is a problem with Scramble. And that is why me and possibly you and a lot of people quit this game like Gradius early. Unlike Gradius, there seems to be no incentive no, yeah. right, to keep going. Whereas Gradius, if you can make a live work, life work, you can work it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So it scrambles an early version of everything. It's got some good ideas, but ultimately it's not that compelling of a game to me. Um, mm-hmm. Right, it's really one of those see the grassroots of where Gradius begins. I think Gradius is the happiest medium, and even when we get to that, Gradius has some problems. Um, but hmm. but it's it's definitely the first step to Gradius. You know what I mean? And in 1981, like you start to think of what it's competing against, and there wasn't a whole lot, you know, that it is competing against. I think it's somewhat uh, more interesting than. Uh, some people would disagree with me on this, but like I like it more than Defender. Mm. Um, I definitely like it more than Asteroids. Uh, so yeah. from a space shooter standpoint, I, I would I would go so far as to say I like it more than Space Invaders. I think I'm starting to offend people if I started saying <laughs> it was better than say, um, oh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Uh, 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 not Gyrus, but uh, what's the the rice? Uh, Galac. Uh, not Galaxian. Oh, Galaxian. Wait, yeah? Or is it yeah. Galaga was Galaga, first? Yeah. Galaga. Galaga. Uh, Galaxian came before Galaga. I'm okay, sure. so it is Galaxian. Yes, I'm thinking yeah. of Galaxian. And mm. Galaxian, uh, while it's vertical and it's single screen, shares a lot of um, basic graphic style. So if you've never seen Scramble, think Galaxian and you're there. Mm. Um, Jam would probably also be quick to point out that it's limited color palette and the, cho- the choice of colors it used makes it easily <laughs> compatible with the zx spectrum oh yeah color scheme <laughs> uh, i don't think scramble went there because it wasn't great with scrolling but it could have you could have created screenshots of scramble in the zx spectrum very easily <laughs> as far as i'm aware there is not a zx spectrum version um yeah i don't believe so i believe it only got a Vectre- vectrex port which uh uh <laughs> That's probably cool, because Scramble was a raster graphics, not a vector graphics. And if you don't know what the difference is, raster graphics being more of a a tube, pixels, things like that, whereas vector was light beams. Um, If you've ever seen Tempest, you know what we're talking about. The original Star Wars arcade, Red Baron, the grid-like 3D nature of things. Asteroids, first asteroids, vector graphics. Um, not often seen nowadays because those monitors die easily, can't be repaired, and are in short shrift. Every time people try to bring them back, the monitors cost like $1,000 to make, and they're dangerous to make, and a lot of people don't want to deal with them. So, mm. unfortunately. 
Some people say that OLEDs may someday be able to do a pretty good job of emulating uh, vector graphics, but you know, I, I'm guessing you've seen a true vector monitor before, Jim? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They're gorgeous. And in mm. color, they're just stunning. Uh, an original Tempest running all its colors just looks incredible. Uh, it's, it's, it's something you have to see. It's like a 3DS. You have to see it to know what we're talking about. You can emulate it in MAME. It does some justice to it. It can do the flicker effects and stuff, but nothing compared to seeing it in person. It is high def in 1979. It is something just amazing. Uh, And it was super expensive tech, to be clear, (laughs) at the time. An Asteroids cabinet cost you an arm and a leg, but it also made a ton of money. But uh, Anything about Scramble before we move on? Well, Scramble did in, um, in true uh, Japanese to English conversion fashion, did have a fantastic congratulations screen. Right? Oh, yeah. Was it a congratulations? <laughs> Congra- I think they spelled congratulations correct. The, but there's the tagline of you completed your duties. Good luck next time again. Yay! <laughs> so, which there was Love a few it. of these for the, in this collection i think but, so, but. yeah th- if, if that's the most offensive they got we're we're in luck <laughs> but yeah that's but, that's yeah. the wind that's the windscreen <laughs> so and this is like with i think with most of these games once you complete it just looped so you just went right back to the beginning and carried on mm-hmm. you know and looking at how we are already at 30 minutes, who knows? We may not get to talking about anything else. But uh, but yeah, so um, so moving into the collection, the next game that comes up is Gradius slash Nemesis in 1985. Interestingly enough, though, Jam and I were talking about, uh, they decided not to include Time Pilot in 1982, yeah. which was a very interesting shooter. It was more building blocks, though. And so since they didn't really get known... I would say Konami's not well known for its uh, vertical shooters, other than one, which we'll just in a second talk about that is not part of this collection. I could see Time Pilot not being on there. Hmm. Um, Gy- uh, Gyrus, G-Y-R-U-S-S, though, very surprised it's not on there. This is like the building blocks of Raiden and various other vertical shooters. Uh, also has the bomb on the ground mechanic. Mm. Um, oddly enough, they do decide to include Twin B, which is kind of the next step in this evolution. So I have no idea what went into this decision, but Gyrus 1983 is overlooked. Also, Track and Field 1983. Yeah, I know Track and Field. It's a big one. <laughs> very cool game, very fun in arcades. This one I get. This would be no fun at home. Like, have you ever played Track and Field at home? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like on an NES, it's it's not great. You just go B-A, 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 B-A. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. Um, wasn't great. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that Gradius slash Nemesis should be on here. What does surprise me a little bit, though, was uh, there's a, right? Like, oh, no, the next two are Castlevania and... Um, Castlevania and uh, Contra. So what surprises me is that Gradius is kind of woven into this collection. This is kind of the Gradius collection, but also not off, yeah. necessarily. They they didn't want to commit on this one. It was weird. Because uh, they could have put Gradius 3 in here, right? Uh, mm. If you take out... Uh, if you take out Typhoon, Haunted Castle, and Twinbee, and put in Gradius 3 and maybe gyrus like you're kind of fine <laughs> but I, I digress 
Gradius was everywhere. It was ported to everything. It was even ported to microcomputers that probably shouldn't have received it. Um, but they did. <laughs> but they did. So let's talk about the arcade version first, and then we can talk about some of the home ports. But uh, Gradius, I would say, is the quintessential building blocks of the modern horizontal shooter. Um there are others that take stylization from it in the later 80s. So like R-Type will put its own spin on it. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any others off the top of my head that weren't Konami-based because that's, I think, R-Type's IRM. Um, but there are some others uh, that just kind of take the idea and run with it. Um, but Gradius's, uh, you know, biggest claim to fame for me, Jam, is the uh, collecting of the orbs and then getting to choose whether or not yes. to utilize your power-ups. Mm. so it's uh real quick i'll go through it and then or well do you want to say something about gradius as a whole before i talk about the upgrade system no i, I well i was gonna say is that I, do, I do think this is a necessary inclusion in a collection like this you know at least um for an anniversary gradius is a huge thing for konami really well, um, oh no yeah i think what i was saying was why is there not a gradius collection but it's because that's what oh no yeah really. yeah, yeah. It should, this arcade one is a gradius collection, gradius collection with a sense, spin. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Although I would have loved if they did a, I would have loved if they did a Gradius collection and threw in Gradius Gaiden. You know what I mean? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, they couldn't have done Gradius Five. I think even Sony's got some, some like touch with that. Plus, it's on the PSN. Fine if you couldn't include Gradius Five, but one through four. Hmm. I've got that game anyway. Gradius Five. (laughs) Yeah, it's on your PSNs these days. So if you want it, ten bucks. You have to have a PS3 to run it, but it's a it's a great game. Uh, It's a lot more rare on the actual disc copy. You're going to run about fifty to a hundred, depending on the collector in you and what you want with it. I'm good at the digital. (laughs) Yeah, I bought the deluxe edition with the extra bonus DVD, which is really cool. Uh, Someday I will rip that and make that available on the YouTube. I know other people do it, but mine has no ads. People always ask me, they're like, why do you put these on here when nobody else does it? I said, because I don't put ads. And they're like, oh, good point. I'm going to watch yours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, Gradius is huge. Um, and uh, so it is a horizontal shooter, much akin to Scramble. Um, and it is more about the ships coming at you, right? There's a little bit of a bullet hell element to it. You yeah. do get a lot more bullets. Um, and the terrain becomes a large portion of it, right? Some, it's not all, it's uh, the terrain and the enemies that your ship can't shoot straight ahead to hit is part of it. But they also wanted you paying attention to the upgrade system, which it's almost kind of unfortunate in my opinion that with like the more modern series like Parodius or the modern Gradiuses, they've got ways for you to um, automate this system with like the ideal upgrade because I think the manual manipulation of it has always been a big deal. Um, Because you collect these orbs and they move up a chain of upgrades. And at any time you can lock in an upgrade, it'll be added to your ship, but then you have to start the chain all over again. So getting the seventh upgrade, which is shield, is a lot harder than like the third upgrade, which is missile. You could get to missile a couple of times, which means if you die, because I think you keep your upgrades, or you go... No, I think you do go back to the beginning. It takes longer to build up to it. Mm. So... Real quick, let's go through the list. First upgrade is speed. This is in Gradius. First upgrade is speed up. Second upgrade is missile. Third upgrade is uh, laser. Fourth upgrade is double. Fifth upgrade is option. Sixth upgrade is shield. And then it starts over. Um, You can charge speed up up to, I think it's twice. Maybe it's three times, but I think it's twice in the first game. Um, And you can have up to two options. 
So obviously you have to get 10 orbs in order to get two options, and that's before you start upgrading the rest of your items. Um, double is a laser bla or is a regular shoot, uh, regular shot straight ahead and diagonally up to the right. Laser is an alternative to that. You can't have both, um, and that cuts through stuff, so it does massive damage. Um, mm. So that's its benefit there. You can also hold down the shoot button to have laser automatically shoot, whereas you cannot do that with regular shot or double. So, um, But it's really the push and pull. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really cool system. Do you have any thoughts about the... Oh, and missile, we should point out, missile shoots missiles uh, downwards. Uh, later on in time, the missiles will also go upwards, but in this first game, I think they just go downwards, right? Or maybe I'm mistaken. I think they just go down. I think they go down, yeah. And if you have options, uh, bullet fire and options are orbs that uh, follow you in like a uh, as like a shadow almost. So they will mirror you. So if you scroll the screen, let's say you're scrolling down, your options will be just above you. Let's say you go up, your options will end up just below you. So you can use that to your strategy because they can't be destroyed and you can be. Um, your options will also shoot bullet fire uh, the same way you do uh, at your command, and they also drop missiles automatically. When you activate missiles in this first game, the missiles, right? Or is, missiles might actually be their own button in the arcade. Damn, I didn't, I haven't played it recently. Oh, now. yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I thought that was just automatic, but that could be comparing it because of the... I think the, they are your yeah. own button. In, um, in the NES version, and probably many of the home ports, that was not the case. But in the original Gradius, I think it does have a missile button. All right. The more yeah. I think about it, because Scramble definitely did, and Gradius 2 definitely did. So I bet it was in Gradius 1. So And Salamander also did, so... Yep. <laughs> so it, it goes to reason. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but... Uh, um, but yeah, there's two criticisms I want to level against it, uh, Gradius Nemesis, but first and foremost, Jam, anything else you want to say about, uh... Gradius, uh, or Nemesis, Gradius, yeah. or its various levels? Um, I, I, I kind of say, you know, for, it's, it was fun to experiment with the different sort of weapons that you're kind of forced into a choice and to kind of find out kind of what works for you, really, um... I mean, I always tend to warm to lasers. Like, I don't know why, but it mm -hmm. always seems to be... Like, I guess maybe the, going for the extra damage is always a fun sort of... Um, yeah, I'm always a laser guy myself, mm -hmm. honestly. Uh, it helps with the bosses, which, yeah. uh, fun fact, there's only one boss in this game. You fight them yeah, at the end is, of every yeah, level. Yeah. yeah, it's just the up-down ship. It's a ship that moves up and down. Its only damage point is at its core. It has a couple of shields in front of it that you have to burn through. Um, but... If you know how to beat the first level boss, you can beat all five levels <laughs> <laughs> to get to the boss. Uh, what's compelling is, as opposed to most shooters, including Gradius games in the future, um, while the boss isn't the hard part, uh, the levels are incredibly difficult. Um, hmm. Once you get to level stuff. five, which is interesting, level five is an upside down version of level one. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, also in the levels, I just thought about that. There is the, uh, what is it? Chilean, the South American Moai heads are everywhere. If you don't know what a Moai is, you need to look that up. Um, but, uh, they're awesome. They're the, uh, Tiki guys <laughs> 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 and they're there in abundance. You can blow them up and they have very difficult bullet fire and take up large portions of the screen. So, but, um, Game's real addictive, but I'd say the largest uh, criticism I would level against it is you really expected to beat it in one life. Uh, you get yourself fully yeah. powered up. 
And then when you die, you're down to nothing and usually in the thick of it and it's rough. You know what I was hoping they would do, Jam? And it does checkpoint also, as Jam was talking about with Scramble. I don't mean yes, to be sir, armchair yes. quarterback, but uh, one thing that they could have done that would have been really cool is every time you continue, they start you off at the beginning of the level you were on uh, or even the checkpoint, whatever they'd prefer, and they just give you a fully upgraded ship. That'd be cool. And for people who don't know what a, or think that Konami maybe didn't know what a fully upgraded ship is, fun fact, on Gradius, the NES game, mm-hmm. and maybe other ones, you can pause, and once per game, that's per game over, you can do up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start, and you will have two speed ups, missile, two options, shield, I don't think you have double or laser, though. That's the only thing you have to collect. So they did know what a fully upgraded ship was supposed to be. And I thought that would be a good way for them to start you up and probably compel you to spend more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, anything else you want to say about Gradius slash Nemesis? Uh, I, think, I think we kind of covered that one, really. It's, it's, it's a good... It's, you know, it's, not, it's not the greatest of the... I probably wouldn't say it's even the best of the Gradius series, but it's you know, it started something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what I do want to say is uh, I really dig the soundtrack. I do love the NES music. I don't think I'm going to splice in the NES music because it's not relevant here. However, if you want to hear it, the first ever episode we did on Gaming History 101, the Shmup podcast that I did with Derek, um, you can go listen to that music there. Or, of course, it's just a Google search away. Um, but uh, it's cool. It's the same music, but it's kind of cool how they chip-tuned it up because they couldn't quite do the the sound of an arcade. But, yeah. Um so yeah, so next up is a vertical shooter uh, that is kind of the next step for Gyrus, which is Twinbee. Twinbee. Yeah, also released in 1985 to arcades. Now, Jam, Twinbee is actually more popular in Europe and Japan than it is in America. We did get the earliest versions on like NES and stuff like that, but you guys really got a lot more of them, like even Daytona Twinbee and things like that. Um, do you want to kind of give a, a discussion on, on Twinbee briefly? Well, I guess uh, some people would say they credit Twinbee as the, um, they say it's the origins of the cutem up, if you will. Very um, good, yeah. V- vertical scroller, this one, because um, I don't think we got to a vertical This is the first one of our list. That's good. This so, is the first in our list. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the standout really was the colorful graphics, really, more than anything. You're kind of like this cute little cartoony kind of looking ship. Um, Kind of just shoot, yeah, shoot boxing gloves in the front. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. Significantly easier than both of the games, and probably all of the games discussed in this list, actually. Um, Yes, although the enemies do dive bomb down to you, so there's a little bit of um, you know uh, Gallica involved in this. So. Mm. Uh, but it's it's comes it and kind of like you mentioned with the Gradius. There's only I don't even wouldn't even necessarily call it a boss. Really, it's there is a, kind of like a big enemy at the end of each section, 
but that's kind of all there is to this game. It's just shooting the you know, the enemies that are coming down and um, collecting the bells, of course. You know? <laughs> yes, the bells, very popular in later Parodius, but always a staple of Twinbee. It started here and, and was in, in Twinbee. So why don't you uh, explain the bells? Well, They're so, items you collect. Yes, be, yeah. That's yeah straight it. up clear. Shoot, shoot the enemies and then every now and then uh, I think it's when you, is it when you get them all you get them in the row uh, you get like, uh, no actually the no, bells pop out in the arcade first one uh, from random clouds and stuff they're just in the background ah yes yeah yeah there are also there's a bomb mechanic here so you bomb the ground kind of like yes, Gyrus it's kind of like well, I was thinking kind of like Xevious and that sort of stuff or Xevious yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I keep saying Gyrus and thinking of Xevious I am thinking of Xevious uh, so you are correct um and those usually don't launch bells, but uh, but those are in there. Um, and uh, but yeah, the bells just pop out of random places. Mm. But um, but you can shoot them, and they change color and can be different types of power ups and benefits. I think it's mostly points though in this first game. Mm. Later on, they become other things. Um, but uh, they they're constantly kind of coming down on the screen like almost like a gravitational pull but if you shoot them they bounce back up and change color so yeah it's pretty straightforward twin b isn't it it's just not a lot to really say much about it, apart from that <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's a fun game yeah. um it can get a little frantic your guy oh. moves slower than you want him to <laughs> it has two player doesn't it i believe it's so you can't uh, i believe it does i believe it does Whereas Gradius, if you do two player, you just trade back and forth. Yeah, yeah. The single ship, the Vic Viper. Common, the common yeah. sort of way. So, um, and Twin B, uh, soundtrack's okay. It's nothing to write home yeah, about. That's what I was, uh, yeah, that's I was thinking about that. Yeah. Just, I don't remember that being particularly resonant. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, uh, also in 1985, but not making it here, uh, Russian Attack, <laughs> or Green Beret, as it's known in Japan. Real tough, real fun probably more people know about the nes port than anything else mm. um and then there is yr kung fu which was an early version of like you know the the street fighter the fighting game um not not quite as technical as karate champ um but uh not more like karateka i would guess i would say but with like a single enemy uh, I'm not huge on Yar Kung Fu, and they end up in every Konami arcade collection, so I was actually pleased it wasn't in this one. <laughs> Refreshing. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Yar Kung Fu, so I'll just keep it there. But uh, anyway. All right. Well, then moving on, in 1986, we get the organic uh, spinoff to Gradius, known as Salamander, a.k.a. Life Force, as it's better known in uh, America, especially with its u.s counterpart on the nes now it should be noted um this is about when 1985 1986 is when konami had dabbled in the msx but now running in parallel let's go back and say 1984 85 is when this happens running parallel is their console games market so they they make a lot of games for the msx computer system mostly in japan and then the NES. They're doing tons of ports in these areas. Um, there are microcomputer ports of Konami games, but I don't believe they're being handled by Konami. Um, and so you will know a lot of these NES counterparts, but we're not talking about them here because they're really not on this collection. And they are, to a certain extent, stripped-down versions of the arcade counterparts. Um, the reason I bring up the NES port of Life Force is because Life Force was this weird thing where it was kind of a combination of Gradius 2 and Life Force um, or Salamander 
on the NES US version, whereas Salamander Gradius 2 does get a console release on the Famicom in Japan. So Salamander's a little bit different in Japan, as is Gradius 2, and Life Force in America is like a hybrid. So if you've ever played these games, um, that's why they are what they are and might be a little different than you're used to. Um, also, famously, the NES version of Life Force, you can do the Konami code at the main screen and get 30 lives. And this is a respawn, not a checkpoint death. So mm, Yes. Now let's go into the arcade game, which will not be that similar to the... Uh, not terribly similar to the uh, version of uh, Life Force that's on the NES. So uh, Salamander is does the Gradius thing. Um, same upgrade system, except you're not collecting orbs and building up to it. The items literally drop out of enemies, and whatever drops out, you just get, which means fully upgrading your ship is very easy to do and a lot easier to maintain after a death. It's kind of more um, fast and frantic, this one. Yeah, you also respawn after each death. And if you have options, you are now allowed up to four options on the screen. If you have options, they float slowly off screen to the left. So if you can respawn and move quick enough, you can get them back. You can recollect them. Mm. Uh, the last part is there is no double. And the laser is instead called ripple. And it's these big rings that start small and get much larger as they go out. Ripple is my favorite of the Gradius shooter types, uh, laser types, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um also, the force field is, instead of the front of your ship like it is in Gradius, is surrounding your ship. I think... Uh, hold on, I just got it. Mm, I think it is surrounding your ship. I think it's the full ship as opposed to just the front. That may be only the NES version, and I'm sorry if it is. Uh, missiles you do get, but you have to push the missile button. So <laughs> if you're playing it on MAME... Or if you don't check the controls first in the Konami Arcades collection, whatever button two is, you'll want to push it so that your missiles come out once you collect them. Um, and everything in this game is squishy and organic. It and is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Life-oriented. Uh, although, that's only for the horizontal scene. Starts life as a it horizontal does, shooter. Yeah. yeah, with very specific bosses that have incredibly low life. You'll be surprised how quick they the bosses go down once you hit them. Um, on the flip side... Uh, the game turns to a vertical shooter, keeps the same aspect ratio. So it's the widest of the vertical shooters, but it does become a vertical shooter. And those are usually space-based and rock-based kind of scenarios as opposed to the organic, squishy, alive um, scenarios that happen in the normal levels. So uh, eight levels total, I believe. I believe it's four verticals, four horizontals. The horizontal levels are definitely more interesting than the vertical levels. Um, and this game is the NES version is easier than Gradius. Uh, I would say the arcade version is a different balance of difficulty, right? It might seem easier at first, but they throw a lot more at you than Gradius did. In fact, it causes slowdown on my Raspberry Pi. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I forget if Salamander had slowed down on the Saturn PS1 ports. I know the PSP version can handle everything. There is a Salamander collection in Japan on the PSP, and it can handle mm. all this. So, um, Any thoughts or statements on Salamander slash Life Force in the arcades? Two-player. <laughs> two-player, yes. Two-player at the same time. At the same time. Uh, was it the other ship was called Lord British? That's what I remember. Yep. Vic <laughs> Viper and Lord British. <laughs> 
running together. <laughs> yeah, I just love, I just love that. Uh, that. That's just great. Yeah, no, I, I really, um, I, I do. A little bit I, of Ultima going on, but this, uh, this felt. Um, I much prefer this to Gradius for it's just fun. It, it feels much more like a space shooter, to, I guess, to my liking, where it's more fast and fluid, and you know. And especially that, yeah, that, that change it does, where it goes from the horizontal to the vertical, is kind of just kind of exciting when it does that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like whoa. What's There's also there? the final level's great because you do a vertical run to the end. You have to dodge yeah. a bunch of barriers and stuff. It's kind of a cool, holy crap, get out of the, get out of the space station kind of thing. So you do fight the salamander boss too at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the in the NES game, it's the weird eye from Gradius too. But, uh, and you do fight the snake boss in in Life Force on the NES, but it's it's earlier than the end. Uh, and there's a weird Pharaoh boss that's not in the arcade. Um, but the bosses are crazy in the in the arcade too. Uh, there is of course the the big salamander, the big snake. Um, but even the first boss is is probably one of the most notable. It's a large brain with an eyeball at the frontal lobe and two big hands with like oh, yeah, Mickey yeah. Mouse cartoon like white gloves. <laughs> Early programming days. <laughs> yeah, uh, pattern recognition is incredibly important at this game. Um, and it starts the trend of so much crap on the screen you can't even keep track of it mm. so um but uh yes i think he had like little so, voice tapes in the arcade version didn't they? he had like it, it, are, <laughs> so, yeah. yes go get it and things like that yeah, exactly so um yeah and they say something to you when you first get started but i always forget to listen mm. to what they're exactly saying it's not the greatest sampling so but yeah, so uh, anything else about Salamander Life Force before we move on? I think that this is a cool addition to the collection, I have to say. This is if the ones we've discussed so far. Uh, this is one of the best ones. Yeah, and I think this is the one that people will play probably, probably <laughs> solely. Yeah. One of the largest. Um, I think this one, along with Gradius 2 and probably Thundercross, will mm. be the most popular. Maybe Gradius 1 for nostalgic reasons, but you might move into Gradius 2. Although Gradius 2 is brutally hard, so maybe you'll play Gradius more. I don't know. I digress. Mm-hmm. Next up is Typhoon slash Ajax, nineteen eighty-seven. I oh, love that name. Yeah, I don't. Ajax. Is Ajax is Ajax your neck of the woods? I forget who got. Uh, no, I think that was America. Um, but, but, uh, Ty- Typhoon was the European one because that was the one they used okay. for the Spectrum. They put this on the Spectrum, I think. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll let you describe it, but this is a helicopter vertical shooter. Yes, it, well, the arcade one particularly is quite interesting because it's uh, it's, uh, it's another kind of two t- styles. Yeah, you start off with the it's the top down um, vertical scrolling helicopter shooter to start with, and I think it has all the bells and whistles a bit like with Twin B if we discuss in Exevious, where it's, you know you've got some you can do bombs, but it has got the um, uh, it's got the weapon sort of choice system at the bottom as well, uh, mm-hmm. how you want to proceed. But then um, the helicopter stuff is what takes up the majority of the game. But then every now, I think there's three, a few sections, three or, or four, where it morphs it into this weird mode seven um, 3D where you're in the fucking... Yeah, there's some cool scaling and rotation <laughs> a la Afterburner. Somebody yeah, saw what Sega was doing basically. and got jealous. <laughs> Very much Afterburner. Um, and it, it just... It looks wild because <laughs> the, the helicopter it is something to see. If you've never seen it before, yeah, it's pretty crazy. 
because uh, the helicopter bits are quite especially graphically those are quite quite it looks quite nice actually um it, the 3d mm. stuff though a little on the basic side especially coming off of uh salamander oh yeah yeah but but equivocal mm. but I, i'll say that the the 3d sections don't really hold up amazingly well today <laughs> which is quite <laughs> especially that some of that rotation stuff that we talked about um like one of the first ones is you know you're you're going towards like it, it's literally it's a ship isn't it it's like a boat and you're going towards it with a <laughs> it looks like an yes. f1 fighter or something um and it's and then and then obviously when you finished um blowing up the boat you're your spaceship uh, not spaceship obviously your fighter just you're, immediately yeah. reverses and goes towards the camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like oh my yeah you wonder i doubt this happened but you know like the remember in the first movie which was a train coming at the screen if somebody was like oh god yeah <laughs> so um so one thing i want to point out is i have always sung the praises of tiger heli which was a i believe it's a data east game from 1988 maybe 87 the arcade version of tiger heli is there's no better word for it shit nice this is not that bad Uh, Typhoon has a surprising amount of movement but the the helicopter and Tiger Heli moves sluggishly and awkwardly they they course correct this in um NES in the NES port which is fantastic I love the NES port of Tiger Heli which is why I've always sung its praises and the music is better in the NES version even though it is a little bit repetitive so it gets stuck in your head and you go mildly insane um Typhoon is from an arcade perspective slash Ajax which I'll never be able to call it a hyphen J-A-X uh is the better helicopter shooter so I'll give it that um and I'm not a big fan of like Cobra Command and stuff like that, the isometric ones that hit the Genesis and stuff in a few years. But anyway, oddly missing from this collection, although I think I might know why, 1987's Contra. Just throwing it out there, though, just so people know (laughs) when you think of arcade classics. (laughs) Now, again, they'll be coming out with a Contra collection early summer, so I get it. Um, But the reason that seems so out of place is that the other collection they're coming out with in summer is the Akumajo Dracula, a.k.a. Castlevania collection. Mm -hmm. And some people may say, wait, 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 Castlevania was never in the arcades outside of like the PlayChoice 10 or something because it started life as an NES game. You would be correct that it started life as as an NES game. You would be incorrect. It actually did come out as a (laughs) god-awful arcade game in 1988 (laughs) known as haunted castle in the west and it did retain the akumajo dracula name or castlevania in the east haunted castle is not and should not be popular because it is not only balls difficult it is inferior to its nes and every other counterpart in every every way single way (laughs) the only what what you want it to be is what's known as Castlevania Chronicles in the West. It was a sharp X68000 game that's, while brutally difficult, very fun. It's on the PlayStation 1. Yeah, I've got that, yeah. Yeah, slightly rare on disc form. You can get it on the PSN for 6 bucks if you want to in all regions. Um, and it's fun to play, I will say. It's fun to play. You can play a new enhanced PS1 version of it, or you can play the uh, original Sharp X68000, which looks amazing for what was available in the early 90s. That's not this. This, 
Oh, this. Oh, Haunted <laughs> Castle is a game you will play out of just like, just <laughs> passing curiosity. Yeah, I think that, that's and the after, <laughs> after your um, just just staggering disbelief for what this game really is and your jaw hits the floor and only and realizing that only three minutes has gone by and you have not beaten the first five enemies you will quit this game and never look at it again (laughs) so it's so have you played this jam yeah yeah (laughs) regrettably i guess in a one way okay i can destroy this forever so let me let you get your licks in first and stop me if i'm wrong if you enjoy any smidge of this please let me know by all means well i mean i guess the only thing to is it's partly enjoyable is it is completely batshit this game in terms of like once you know that castlevania exists obviously yes and i will say if you never get any further than the first level in this game which is like me it's great to after you see that brutal difficulty just go into the world of long plays and watching the youtube long play of this because they knock it out in like 24 minutes and the guy never dies and you're just like holy crap (laughs) (laughs) it's like a perfect run (laughs) it's amazing but anyway continue it's I mean, here we go. I guess the one slight credit is graphically it looks interesting if you just kept it looks still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks on the it looks on the basis of like Amiga games for the time, yeah. right? Like that's probably good. Uh, yeah, arcade comparisons to Ghouls and Ghosts can be made. Mm. Um, no, I'm sorry, Ghosts and Goblins, not Ghouls and Ghosts. Ghosts and Goblins. Um, you know what other game it reminds me of? What's that Amiga game where you're like a Viking barbarian? Barbarian, <laughs> yeah. This is a up-resed version of Barbarian, which is fair since uh, Simon Belmont in this game Simon, looks. Yeah. I don't even know if it's truly Simon Belmont. I've never yeah, read it is the... Simon Belmont. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now married, I was unaware of his stolen bride to Dracula, mm-hmm. which is the opening cutscene. He gets married at a Transylvanian castle and then is surprised that a vampire comes and takes his wife while they're walking away. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, Simon Belmont looks kind of like Conan the Barbarian, (laughs) which to be fair was always his box art in the NES games. He just never really looked that way in the games themselves. Mm. But anyway. This game's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard and it's messy. It's also I, I don't, the sound effects are quite. Ugh. <laughs> the music's terrible. Here, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Most of you probably know the Castlevania music from the NES. This is such a weird choice for the like. It, I'm surprised they didn't shove this into the Castlevania collection, even though like maybe I, I, they must have. It's even like a uh, like a vapid unlockable yeah. for like playing all the other games, right? Like, like, yeah, yeah. Because you're not gonna play this. I'm sorry, most people will not play through this. 
apart from uh, some morbid and, curiosity. <laughs> well, yeah, they, you won't get through it, though, and I'll tell you why. So, yeah, we've talked about that. Let, let me just actually get to the nitty-gritty. So right when you yeah, spawn, so, yeah. the first thing that comes up is a bat. You're familiar with the bats. It's the zigzag pattern, right? What you don't know is they're already off that pattern. And Simon moves with almost like too many steps every time you tap forward, and his whip is incredibly slow. It's like a three-framed animation. Like, like Jam says, they were so over... I think they were so over obsessed with making it look so good that they they over animated it and so it actually affects your ability to hit. You hit the button and he does this long animation until the whip actually whips out, you don't actually kill it. So if you hit the attack button right away, Simon still won't whip fast enough. The first thing you have to do with this bat is actually you have to take a quick step back and then jump over it. That's the way you fight the first bat. There's a second bat where if you whip right away, you hit it. So right off the bat, there you go. No pun intended. And you have a full life bar like Simon Belmont does, but you only have one life. So if you die, it's game over and you go back to the very beginning of the game, regardless of where you're at. Oh, actually, there is a continue function. I think you do start at the beginning of the level you're on oh, yeah, later yeah. on in time. Mm. And you are always given the opportunity to press two-player start and start the whole game over. Man, I hope you don't accidentally tap that. <clears throat> but uh, so if you get hit by these bats, they take off a quarter of your life. Just that's how much damage you take. You have like 20 life bars and you lose five to hitting one bat. You also don't blink afterwards, so you can get hit, double hit by the bats. If you jump wrong and hit one bat, you can ricochet back into another bat. You do fly backwards like you do in the other games. The next thing you come up against is a skeleton. The skeleton throws a bone. You can whip the bone and hurt it. It just flies straight out ahead. It does not do the arch like the skeletons in the arcade game. What happens next is, so you, yeah, you can hit the skeleton if you go up. Sorry, you hit, I think you deal with the skeleton if you go up the stairs. If you stay down the stairs, there's a zombie that rises. Again, if he touches you, half your life. If you whip him, and I forget, I think it's only one hit, you kill him. Um, through all of this, though, I need to stress that, uh, and I think you get a bat if you stay lower as well. And you got to figure out that weird pattern. I never can figure out the bat pattern. Can you? No. <laughs> yeah, that pattern is just ridiculous. If you can, you'll be great at this game. Um, you are using the leather whip as well. Simon Belmont upgrades his whip twice at the very beginning of most Castlevania games. You are in the weakest form of this. So you do not have the Morning Star nor the extended whip, so it is shorter. And I've never gotten far enough to get an upgrade. Once you get beyond those enemies, you get a couple more bats because you'll go either back down if you went to the upper level or you just continue moving forward. You get a couple bats after that, a skeleton just walking by itself. Then a zombie rises from the grave. If you don't back up, he will touch you half your life or kill you. Uh-huh. If you beat that, there are two more bats in a... Uh, one of the bats has a really sped up pattern and I don't know how to get past him. And Jam, I don't know what happens after that because I've never gotten any further. <laughs> have you <laughs> no that's i was gonna say yeah, i think you got further than i did i, I know i've i've watched uh but i have sported it myself and yeah I've you can watch other people yeah, yeah. i've watched videos uh where because you can upgrade to like a sword um mm-hmm. later which is so which does look significantly like that would have been better works. if we just started with oh. that but <laughs> oh it's like a starting point yeah, but oh well, it is what it is, isn't it? It's just such a messy game. It's just it's, it's not it's every, like I said, it's not not only just the um, the animations and the hit detection um, and but like the walking just seems off, <laughs> really. How are you? And every, yeah, it, it it really is. It's just everything's off on this game, 
And Konami kind of hides that they have it. You don't see Haunted Castle in a lot of collections. A lot of people don't know it's Castlevania. Um, nobody connects it, right? Like, I'm so quick to tell people about the Akumajo Dracula MSX game that's kind of a weird puzzle game like Goonies. Mm. I, I don't tell anyone about Haunted Castle. <laughs> it is a ridiculously expensive PS2 game as part of the Konami Arcades collection. Uh, I think it's like 50 bucks. <laughs> Chase. <laughs> and it's just Haunted Castle. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you die, you just go back to the beginning. <laughs> Continuing doesn't help you because you haven't beaten the first level yet. I, I even wonder, is there a boss? I think there's a boss at the end. There is bosses, yeah. This yeah. does have bosses, but the bosses in this are not... They're nothing compared to, say, like the, uh, the the Castlevania kind of style, where they, they at least, at least the, the, the videos that I've seen, they, they're just not as... I don't know. Well designed, really. I think a lot of it is just the graphical spectacle, aren't they? They're they're big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they take up parts of the screen and all that sort of stuff. Um, one of the bosses just looks like a just a bunch of rocks. That's it. Nice. <laughs> just looks weird. There's only like six six levels as well in this one, isn't there? It's quite it's quite short for an arcade game. Yeah, but if you can't beat the first level, well, yeah, no, as well yeah, 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 you probably never will finish it. Yeah. But. So uh, to me, it's cool to see if you get this collection, you can check it out, or you can go check it out elsewhere, and then just watch a video of someone beating it because it's it is somewhat of a fascinating game to watch, but it's to me, it's no fun to play. It's, it's, I'm, I'm surprised that this is being put as like advertised as um, I think this was one of the mystery games as well. I didn't say that this was coming until the, recently. Yeah, um, no, no, no. And that's which pr- makes, and we, probably exactly why it's not part of the collection. Whereas Contra yeah. in the arcade plays and looks largely like the NES game. The NES game is just like an extended version. This is not the case with Castlevania. Mm. It goes to show the mistake Konami learned with this game, because I don't think they'll do this ever again, which this is an NES game they then ported to arcades. They won't Mm. do this again. They will continue to port arcade games to NES and other consoles, but they'll never do this again. Um, And I think we see why. They they broke the formula uh, and the tight tight controls. There's a term that means almost nothing, but the responsive (laughs) controls that do exactly what you need, exactly when you want them, and the committing to jump, that's all out the window. You also collect hearts, and I have no freaking clue why, because I have no special weapon to use with them. You you can get sub-weapons in this, yeah. There is. So that's what they are for. I think they have like three or something. I think it's just like the... Probably Axe, Dagger, and Boomerang. I don't think Cross. it's even those. It's like okay. one of them's a stopwatch, I believe. That's oh, what really? Okay. <laughs> you know, um, there is like the the effective one is like the you know, the cross one, but yeah. that's like I think that's in the later levels. But I don't think you get the axe, which is obviously a staple for the series. But yeah, maybe things aren't too in the air. I don't know. I've not seen the game through to its yeah. completion. I probably should have watched the full playthrough. But anyway, all right. Well, then moving on, 1988. We are mm-hmm. at the end of the the, sh- the 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 collection and the shooters. We get started with Gradius II, uh, Legend of Gopher, a.k.a. Gopher no Yabu, uh, better known as, <laughs> what is it? Vulcan Venture. Yes. <laughs> That's the manliest title ever. Vulcan Venture. Damn you, Vulcan Venture. <laughs> yeah. 1988, uh, a fantastic shooter, but this is where, much like Haunted Castle, they are Brutally hard. Very hard. <laughs> very, very hard. Gradius 2 is a spectacle. Oh. And it's just impossible. It's damn good looking, though. <laughs> oh, my God. You, 
you open, so it is the Gradius formula. I think Ripple now replaces Laser, or it's Laser and Ripple, and Double's gone. I forget which one it is. Missiles now go up as well as down, so they borrowed that from Salamander. Um, I do believe the shield's full shield, but it might still be front shield. Do you recall? Uh, can't remember. Okay. <laughs> but this is the old school upgrade plan. Mm -hmm. So you're collecting orbs and upgrading. Yep. Uh, I, I do think... I uh, question mark may be added. If you mm. remember this, like question mark was the shield in Gradius. Now I think question marks at the end where it's something random as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to you could. So you go, there's one more in there instead of six upgrades. It's seven. You have option. The last two, obviously option shield and then question mark and question mark just gives you something random. Uh, I think that was just to, if you go too far, it gave you an out, but of course you could let it go all the way around and it'll just go to speed up next. Um, but it is interesting. Uh, but yeah, you open in this awesome fire area. Yeah, that's pretty cool. There are fire dragons coming around. You can kill them. There are eyes that grow. There's little sub-planets. Uh, there are, uh, before you get to the main thoroughfare of fire, uh, yeah, there's just some crazy enemies and random places to catch stuff. And it all looks really cool. And the screen is larger up and down than you can see on the screen. So you can like fly up and, and the screen will scroll up with you. It's a larger area and you can take different paths interweaving between the planets it's such a cool it, idea it's like kind of like, was it thunder force three or four that did that i think it's whole three yeah where the screen's bigger than what you can see mm. um anybody who's played home ports of darius or darius depending on how you want to pronounce it um do this as well pc engine mm. version of darius is very much like this but that was because the screen was just bigger and they you know zoomed in on it whereas this it was designed that way so that's why darius doesn't work when they do it that way because you were never intended to see such a small snippet of the screen whereas gradius 2 is designed where you see these small snippets so nothing really jumps out at you per se outside of the usual dick moves that a shooter will do <laughs> um yep. And then you get into the middle part, which has, they're very frustrating and hard to plan around, but they have the fiery arches that come out uh, that are just a super cool effect. Uh, and then like the phoenix-like uh, birds that fly at you. Mm. Um, brutally hard though. Just impossible to get around and whatnot. You know what I mean? <laughs> it kind of sums up the rest of this game, actually, because it's, it's pretty heavy on the on the avoiding stuff. Yeah. More, yeah. I, I have been able to do pretty well at this, although I think the much more manageable version of this is the, uh, it, it, people talk about it a lot, is the PC Engine CD version of this game. Oh, yeah. Which you used to be able to get on Virtual Console, and you can surprisingly still get on the Japanese PSN. Huh. So, yeah, if you want to play a $6 version of, of Gradius 2 that's more digestible cool because uh, this one like jam was saying you get checkpointed so you have to be good enough to get through a level in order to see the next part <laughs> it's weird just after uh, obviously salamander that this this still uses checkpoints but hey mm -hmm. <laughs> this, what it this is. is the hardcore version bro <laughs> um what i will say is have you gotten farther than level one because i have i've seen some of the later levels um yeah i have yeah Not, so level two is kind of like a Almost like an like a mechanical junk kind of world, I guess I would say. Mm. Um, 
is what I recall. Or maybe it's alien organic. It's one of the two. I just remember lots of grays and weird fields and stuff. I think it's more just like a, a junk or, or mechanical area. Um, it's just really tough again. Like I said, we could talk about the very patterns like I did with Haunted Castle, but then you probably would be less interested than you already were. Uh, not in the game, in what I'm saying. <laughs> so, And I forget, is the third level or the fourth level? One of the levels, I, for, I get three and four juxtaposed. One of the levels is a repeat of Gradius 1's first level, which is cool, uh, but with uh, newer enemies and some extra tricks thrown in. And the other one are just these massive Moai heads. It's like a zoomed yeah. <laughs> in version of the Moai head level from Gradius 1. So that was, it's great to see, but I, I and I feel like that's the level I always get stuck on. Um, and I think there's like one or two levels beyond that, but God, you wouldn't know. <laughs> so um, I also like that the bosses switch up. Yeah. So uh, the first time you get to the boss, it's pretty much the same as the other one. I think his lasers like extend or something, so they shoot in a different pattern than you're used to. Um, but then there are the bosses that you kind of like circle around that have like the swingy arms and stuff like that. Um, not swingy arms, but like swingy bolts and shots. There's ones that ricochet all over the area. There's there's a lot of really crazy bosses. Um that are really hard, but at least you checkpoint to the boss, but then you've got no power-ups. You can get one speed up in, and that's about it. <laughs> so, uh, Gradius 2, really cool game, just v very difficult. So, um, and recently having tried it, I couldn't get through level one. I remember doing crazy fast. Yeah. Just like super fast compared to like, especially if you compare it to the first Gradius. <laughs> yeah, it scrolls, yeah, much faster. Yeah, you get you can get through it faster. Like I said, it really comes down to memorization. Uh, mm. Much like a lot of Konami's games, you need a lot of memorization. But the first Gradius, I feel like you can more Twitch play. And Salamander, you definitely can. You have to memorize certain factors, but not a ton. Um, so, yeah. And then last but not least, this is where I think Gradius could have gone, but it didn't. They regressed back to their previous ways for Gradius 3, which was an arcade game, not an SNES game, and not in this collection. But the game I'm talking about is good old 1988's Thunder Cross. Thunder. Yes. And it is. It's, it's like dope metal music. Like, uh, of course, why not do it right now? Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It holds up to your thunder, you know, <laughs> statement. But uh, but yeah, Thundercross was one I don't think a lot of people are familiar with. When I mention it, a lot of people don't like jump at it. But it's kind of like the hybrid to um, the finer points of Salamander and the hybrid to the finer points of um, uh, Gradius, in my opinion. Uh, and it's a really yeah. enjoyable yeah. game. So. Mm. 
it's it feels like the this will be this is this will be the nice surprise for people on this collection i think yeah um but people never most people have been like, well, what's it? What's this one? <laughs> the title probably, I don't know, probably doesn't help. But <laughs> cross. <laughs> but yeah, like it's uh, so it's a horizontal shooter, um, mm-hmm. uh, much like Gradius Two. I don't know if we mentioned it, but Gradius Two is just a horizontal shooter. They do not have the vertical levels that were in um, Salamander. Salamander. They only yeah. do it for Salamander One, and I don't even no. Actually, the vertical levels are in Salamander Two. Also, not on this collection, and doesn't come around until 1996. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, so it's a horizontal shooter, uh, kind of like in the Gradius vein, right? You're shooting some regular enemies, not all the enemies. There's it's actually a little more parodious, like right, because you get the random line of red enemies that will give you your upgrade orbs. Um, yeah because that's what makes it a bit different from gradius is that you it does that thing where the the power up will sort of change so you've got to do the waiting game in a sense and you know so when it changes a different letter that's the power up that you'll receive Um, yeah yeah so and and do they shift do the letters shift as you let time go by i didn't yeah yeah they shift i think some of them might be fixed because you know you get those orb things like the additional orbs that complement your ship the fire yeah the option ones yeah those ones i think are fixed but i think the weapon ones are always scrolling basically if if you leave it yeah and you got to be careful with the upgrade path because once you get a a decent amount of upgrades in tow your the the amount of things you get out of those those items are limited and so i had like there's like a boomerang shot think of it as like a Mm. three-pronged almost like a shuriken and they kind of spin out from your ship right and when they ricochet off stuff they can uh, they sorry they can ricochet off stuff and bounce to another enemy and they don't hurt you um, had those rocking with four options and it was awesome then I picked up the flamethrower the flamethrower utilizes the third button which is not often utilized in this game first button is for shoot second button is for missiles third button is for this which is flames and it's like launches of flames and it does create a wall of flames which is a force to be reckoned with the problem is is that with dodging all the enemies and the bullets and the speed at which the flames shoot out it can actually be more problematic than just a regular shot to me and so it was actually a detriment (laughs) (laughs) so but i do like that your upgrades are just the random orbs that pop out various upgrade paths um i like that because a death is not as big a deal anymore um, hmm. You do lose your options, though. You can't recollect them, a la Salamander. Nope. <laughs> it is not a checkpoint system. It's a respawn system. And when you continue, you immediately respawn. So it's one of those, provided you have enough quarters, you will beat this game. <laughs> Which is nice. Which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do like that. So uh, death isn't that big of a deal. Upgrade paths are good. Um, they do a lot less of the terrain, but a lot more of placing enemies in dick locations. Mm. Um, this is the first time you see a hint of something that becomes more prevalent and much more frustrating in Gradius 3, which is enemies coming from the left side of the screen. They come out of the left side and you can't get to them until you go up and around them to the front, right? So you're looking, they're coming at you, right? And if you're way in the back section, they'll literally blast through you and kill you. So Mm. you've got to kind of move forward more to the right of the screen, then go around them to come and circle back and hit them. But then, of course, their rears have attacks that immediately shoot back at you. So, And in, in the case of the enemies in level one, they have homing missiles. So not fun. Um, but it's a new enemy type, and it's, it's a cool attack. Um, 
So I like that. Lots of explosions, lots of stuff for you to pay attention to. A little bit bullet helly, but not overtly ridiculous. Mm. Um, and then the bosses are kind of cool, right? Because it's yeah. this weird like jewel. It's like a red or ju- orange jewel that kind of enters into a mechanical. Old. Yeah. And uh, you can blast off like bullets, uh, sorry, like turrets and engines and you know, bomb bays and stuff on there. So kind of more like a 1945 kind or 1945, 1942 kind of thing, right? You're destroying parts of these things and making them weaker once you do that. But you've got to kill the, the actual jewel portion of the ship, which can sometimes be protected by these turrets and stuff. And if you don't, and you don't kill the, the enemy fast enough, the boss will move on and you'll lose out on a bunch of bonus points. Do you remember that? Where you like, if you can't kill the boss mm. in time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I got to say, some of the bosses are dicks. The second level boss has like this huge arm that can wrap around and block bullet shots, and it only like makes its jewel presence be known at certain times. Very frustrating. No, actually, I think that's the second stage of the first boss. Actually, that's uh, that arm thing sounds like the first boss because it yeah yeah it grows an arm and detaches itself. Anyway. <laughs> So the bosses aren't always fun, but you'll get through this game. Rest assured, with enough credits, you'll get through this game. <laughs> so, I don't know. Thundercross is a lot of fun. Um, I think it was a good direction for the series, but they did go back into a more standard series with Gradius 3. Uh, again, not on this collection, coming out later. I think 1989 or 90. So, yeah, anything else you want to say about Thundercross? No, I like sort of hint out earlier. It's just, it's just kind of a, this is a... This is a nice little um, gem that you know people shouldn't sit on. If, if they're going to get this collection, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, we should also point out, a- in the collection from the shooters, you go Salamander Life Force in 86, and then you jump to Gradius 2 in 88, and then Thundercross is late 88. Mm. Uh, the graphical jump to Gradius 2 and Thundercross really stand out as well. Yeah. So, um, But sorry, you were going to say something? Oh no! I was really just kind of doing like an overall that this mm-hmm. this arcade this anniversary collection. I keep calling it arcade collection. It's such a mixed bag, though. <laughs> it really is. You got a bit yeah. of everything in terms of um. Not, well, you don't have a bit of everything. You you've got. But in terms, I mean, in terms of quality. <laughs> yeah, it's like an arcade shooter collection. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you use the term mixed bag, you're completely right because outside of the Gradius games, it is just a random shuffling of various shooters that were in this collection. Again, you can kind of see why they dodged some of their more pivotal series. Well, why they dodged Contra and Super C and stuff like that. Um, some are weird that they left out, though, but again, they were just shooters other than maybe Russian Attack slash Green Beret. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting mix, but it is all shooters because I don't even believe there's a reason to play Haunted Cats. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, and beyond this, Konami will continue to release some shooters. The Gradius series will continue uh, into Gradius 3 on the arcades, although I think Gradius 4 was a PS2 game. Right? Mm. Mm, I don't remember. Maybe Gradius 4 did hit arcades still. And That's Salamander 2 was definitely an arcade game. Um, but the shooters will kind of back off a little bit. They'll do some. But Konami really starts to focus on those uh, licensed brawlers starting in 1989's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mm. where you have access to the four turtles. um, And then Turtles in Time, 
you almost don't need to talk about them because they were on last week's episode, but there's also Simpsons and X-Men and stuff like that. That was the new direction Konami went with, uh, and that, that shit drank quarters. They knew what they were doing with those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Gradius 4 arcade game. Okay, okay, so Gradius 4 was an arcade game still. 5, I know, was a PS2 exclusive. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, um, all, all in all, an interesting collection. You got to be into shooters, but uh, there is that. So we'll see how they scale it. We'll see how the emulation goes, and we'll definitely see what's in that ebook. That will probably make or break the collection to me. Um, mm. But uh, I guess we'll see. Um, but a fascinating part of Konami's arcade archives, you know what I mean? And I, I do like that these all stuck to the arcade games. Um, there's another world in which they do kind of what they do with the SNK collection. Um, and they keep, they give you like the NES versions and maybe even some of the microcomputer stuff, but then you're dealing with a lot of layers of emulation. Although, you know what I just thought about? Gradius on the NES is already on if you have the online col- uh, the online stuff. Mm. And so is Twinbee. Yep. Um, they haven't done Life Force yet, I don't think. That would be cool if they did that. But And is Castlevania 1 on there yet? I don't think it is. But either way, you get a, dis- a decent mix. So there is that. Um... It's an interesting start, really. I was surprised that they sort of didn't just jump out the gate with the um, with Castlevania. That's, that, that seems to be the one that most people are waiting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that would have been a good kickstart to this whole thing. The other thing I'm hoping for is that they... Um, well, I was hoping for with this one, uh, that means they probably won't do it. I was hoping they would re-release those Rebirth games. Gradius Rebirth, Contra oh, yeah. Rebirth, and Castlevania Rebirth. Cool. But with that that not being in this collection, this yeah. is definitely where Gradius Rebirth would show up. That's unfortunate. Unless it's a random unlockable, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. This, this yeah. also means that the so far four of the games on the Contra and Castlevania collection have been announced, and I doubt the Rebirths will be on there as well. So that's a missed opportunity, in my opinion. Um, rest assured, they could still re-release those as just games, which would be cool if they could. I don't know that they will. I think those may be lost in the end. I think they might be. <laughs> and soft modded Wii's with piracy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so, um, but a, a, an interesting collection nonetheless. At twenty bucks, it, I could see it being an impulse buy for people who want to relive some of these. And like I said, I agree with you. Uh, to get your hands on the Gradius stuff, Salamander and uh, Thundercross alone uh, kind of makes it uh, pretty close to worth it if you don't have an arcade setup or an easy access to these games. And it'll be fun to have them on the go, right? Uh, so. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say as well for the on the go fun too, because because um, a few of these do have co op, um, mm-hmm. you know, or like at the same time, not not simul- you know, one after the other, and you know, easily co- used with Joy-Con. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that could be fun. You only yeah. need a directional pad and a couple buttons. Yeah, somebody's got to use a analog stick. You'll get over it. It was kind of an arcade <laughs> stick anyway. Um, but yeah. So, all right. So we didn't get to talking about retro <laughs> in, game. True, in true fashion. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Sorry to leave you guys hanging for the next episode. I always like to know it in advance, but Jam and I will have to talk whether we want to do a topic or whether we want to try to just do an episode dedicated to talking about retro stuff. So we'll talk off the air. You can definitely let us know. Uh, We have a Discord, so that's one place to definitely uh, chime those in. And we also have... um, 
where you can also ask show questions and things like that. You can hit us up, contact at GamingHistory11.com with questions, comments about these shows, or topic suggestions. And, uh, yeah, we'll be doing each show. So right now while you're hearing this, I'm at Disney. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Trees and I will be back for uh, an episode of GHX uh, next week. But, uh, but yeah, so that's what, what I'm doing now. Um, but, yeah, and Jam and I will be back, uh, you know. We in, will. Uh, in, in, in May. In Jukles, yeah. Yeah, to do a retro show. So in the meantime, anything else you want to pimp or talk about? Uh, no, no, not this stage. No, the, the okay. stuff is coming. Let's just say that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, same thing here. Like, I do want to do some stuff. I kind of want to do graphics comparisons, like ooh ah stuff when I'm playing upgraded games. Uh, I might get to that at some point. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But I was thinking about, in the least, at least doing write-ups, like Digital Foundry-style write-ups, which maybe will be limited to those. Uh, those aren't anywhere near as fun to do uh, because you can't see a whole lot. But at the same time, they're actually easy to do because I don't have to go back and recapture a bunch of stuff. Mm. But we'll see. Um, the other thing is Cron CD everybody wants me to get back to it I completely agree but after long debates like we did here I think context as to what these games were and what was out at the time is very important and that's what Cron CD has always offered and that just takes time and you have to do a lot of footage and I just haven't had any of the any of those things um, I've also not been on much of a retro kick but I'll get back into it um, whereas yeah if I just live streamed and played these games people can do that all the time they can just play these or watch someone live stream them. They're not interested in that. They want like a nice, good, bite-sized five, you know, three to five minute, yeah, you know, yeah. contextual where is this in history kind of thing. So I'm continuing to work on that, but uh, it's slow and far between and I'm sorry for that. But hey, whatever. I do it for me <laughs> and then I share it with all of you. There you go. That sounds good. <laughs> so all right, well, until next time, uh, I think without further ado, we just peace out.